those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft Welcome back to Wicked another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. And I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are rolling right along on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. This week we're going to be talking about Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall. Just to kind of recap what we did last week, we were joined by my seven-year-old niece, Sophia. She did a wonderful job. Hi, Sophia. Hi. We had uh, we had a lot of fun with that episode. She proved that she knows way more about Harry Potter than I do. So I felt a little insignificant looking across the table at you two ladies. But I soldiered on, and I got through it, and I thought it came across really well. So hopefully we can have Sophia back at some point, but... Shout out to my beautiful niece, Sophia Noman, on a wonderful job joining us on last week's Broomsticks and Butterbeer. And let's talk about exactly what happened at the end of Chapter 8, Happy Death Day. We had the trio of Harry, Ron, and Hermione leaving the Death Day party. Harry chasing that mysterious, ominous voice upstairs to the corridor. And we find Miss Norris, Filch's cat, seemingly dead and hanging from a torch. And we see writing on the wall that says, The Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air beware. And when we say air, that's H-E-I-R. That's going to come up uh, pretty important later on in the chapter. And Jessica, Draco had a very animated response to this, didn't he? Doesn't he always? He's always got to stir it up. He seemed really like excited about this. Woo! So. Yeah, like when he saw that, he was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying that's... all this time. <laughs> Finally, somebody Finally, wrote it. Yeah. You just seemed like he was... A little validation for yeah, him. Yeah, it just seemed like he was really, really into <coughs> whatever this means about the Chamber of Secrets and enemies of the air beware. And as you can hear, Jess still has her cough. Yep, still coughing. It's Sorry. Been, how many, It's been like six months now? No, like the third week of June. So we're not going to give a shout out to Robitussin? No. Okay. Because yeah. it didn't work? Well, your mom asked me if I was still taking it, and I said no. No. Oh, God, no. And she's like, well, why not? Said, you have to stop eventually. I took it for like three weeks. You're not supposed to take it, like, indefinitely. Ah, you don't know that. We'll have an intern it look that up. It says it on up. the bottle. Ah, we'll have an intern look it up. So all this ruckus draws the attention of seemingly the entire school. Yeah, I, th- I thought they, it was... They were all coming out of the... the the holiday banquet together, or Halloween banquet. I said holiday is a holiday, but yeah, you can't, can't say Halloween in this PC culture. Who <laughs> might offend somebody? Sorry. And they all were coming down the hall, going the same direction. Why Everybody not? was there. Everyone. From Dumbledore on down to the lowliest Hufflepuff, <laughs> were seemingly there in the hallway. And of course, Draco had the best spot because he it's a big hallway. Got his got himself to the front and. Just got really excited about this ominous message that was on the wall. And apparently got really excited about the possibility of a dead cat, too. So if that doesn't creep you out a little bit, I don't know what does. But seemingly everybody was there, and including Filch, who sees his apparently dead cat. 
First one he's going to blame it on? Harry Potter. Absolutely. And Filch just go. Filch says, like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you to this, like, 12, is he 12 at this point? <laughs> this 12-year-old boy. Ready to exact <laughs> revenge. Luckily, Dumbledore, Dumbledore is there to intervene. And, you know, the trio really is in a wrong place at the wrong time situation, aren't they? Always. That's kind of their thing. Yeah, I kind of thought that too when I when I was writing these notes. It's like, how do they always seem to be just where all the, all the bad stuff goes down? There are any kids like that, you know, where do you have, was your brother ever like wrong place, wrong time, or um, kind of remind you of anybody? Not that I remember. This specific incident reminds me of one of the students at school. Um, at your school? Yeah, mm-hmm. I used to last year i actually called him always in the hall like mm-hmm. that was his name mm-hmm. so what are you doing always in the hall <laughs> he's i'm not always in the hall like where are you every time i see you you're, in you're the hall. always in the hall <laughs> always in the hall he would get so mad but when we'd have these conversations mm-hmm. he was in the hall just mm-hmm. roaming around gotcha and so i could imagine he ended up in a couple of situations he probably didn't want to be in because he was always in the hall yeah i mean it when you think about Harry, Ron, and Hermione, too, it's it's not that they're just just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's always extenuating circumstances. Like this one, we hear this, or Harry hears this voice talking about, kill me, or let me kill you, let me feast on you. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the... Blood, blood, blood. Yeah, yeah blood, 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 blood. <clears throat> Uh, the nearest office is Gilderoy Lockhart, so we've got Dumbledore, McGonagall, Snape, Filch, uh, Lockhart, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, all in Gilderoy's office. And I love the visual of the uh, <laughs> the other Lockhart because, because first of all, of course, he has pictures of himself. Yes, on the, on the wall. <laughs> yeah, just tons of pictures of himself on There's the wall. Just one or two. Tons of them. And I love the visual of they had all kind of like settled in for the night and they had like hair nets on and hair rollers in. And And when everybody came into the office, they all kind of ducked behind almost like, you know, if you you caught them like coming out of the shower or something and they kind of went eek and like covered themselves up with a towel or something like that. I just, I loved the, the scurrying away you know, image that it, that put in my head. Was it like, that? Th- did that come up in the movie like that? I don't really remember. A little it seemed, bit. It seems like that would be like a perfect, like comedy spot for, for a movie. A little bit. I don't remember the painting so much. There is a thing in the movie, the scene in the movie that people caught in the background that they liked to make fun of. But um, mm-hmm. I don't think that, I don't know, I don't remember the portraits exactly but i remember the other thing that people like to make fun of so dumbledore is examining miss norris and after he does that he assesses that she is not dead in fact she is just petrified petrified so some form of dark magic at at the works here is that what to petrify something it has to be yes they, dark they, magic they determine that it must be very dark magic nothing that a that a first year student second year student could do mm-hmm just not possible. But Filch isn't having that. No, somebody's <laughs> got to be punished. Dumbledore says, well, Harry did it, and or, uh, uh, Filch says that Harry did it, and Dumbledore says, well, that can't be possible. He's only a second year. And Filch is convinced that Harry did it, 
because of Harry finding out about Filch's quick spell mail-in correspondence courses from the from the last chapter. Yeah, he kind of like throws himself onto the bus, he really throws did. his secret out there for everyone. If he was embarrassed about taking these these classes, then yeah, it was just kind of funny that he just kind of threw himself out there. And and to take that a step further, that was this was the first time we hear the word squib. Yeah. So tell us what a, a squib is. Yeah. Well, he says he knows what it, he said. Harry knows I'm a squib, and Harry's the guy. I don't know what that is, dude. <laughs> like you are kind of a jerk. Is that another word for yeah. a, a jerk? A squib is uh, somebody who's born to magical parents, to witches and wizards, but they do not ever develop magical abilities. So Filch should have magic. Yes. His but, parents were both magical. Mm-hmm. They were both witch. There's a witch and wizard. And that's something we found. We found out. Uh, we didn't f- know that much in the last chapter. We just knew that he was taking these correspondence courses to try to learn some basic magic spells. Well, Sophia knew. Of course, Sophia <laughs> knew. <laughs> she knows everything. And I think there was a there was a spot in last last uh, episode where Sophia goes, "Well, little Fitch, Filch, he's a squib, you know." Like, of course, course, of course. And I'm like, "What? What's a squib?" <laughs> but we find out in this chapter what a squib is, and that makes sense why Filch would would feel so uncomfortable about that topic. The fact that he should have magical abilities because both of his parents were Do. were, and, were wizards yeah. or wizard and witches. Oz explains a little bit like why he's so cranky. And, and so and so mean to the kids mm-hmm. who do have magical abilities. And are probably also a little bit like you know they're not taking their education seriously. He mm-hmm. probably feels like if I could do magic, mm-hmm. ta- I would taking, be the best yeah, wizard taking it for granted. ever and mm-hmm. here these stupid kids are messing around and squandering their their chance mm-hmm. and I wouldn't do that. Gotcha. And so we, we first hear the word squib and then Filch follows that up by saying you saw what he wrote on the wall. Now I thought this was brilliant writing and of course J.K. Rowling knew where she was going when she wrote this but earlier in the chapter when it says you know the chamber of secrets. Chamber of secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. We don't really know what that means. We know that that Draco is excited about that. We know we know the kinds of people that Draco hates because the mudblood thing came up in a previous chapter. So we could infer a lot of this. But I thought it was just brilliant the way Filch kind of, like you said, he's just kind of throwing it all out there <laughs> that. Number one, I should have magical abilities, but I don't. Number two, to even make it more embarrassing, I'm taking these, you know, all, these uh, mail-in magic courses. And number three, there's something on that, something about that writing on the wall that would make it make it seem like whoever did that would have some kind of hate toward me, and that whoever. The enemies of the air are that somebody like Filch would be one of those enemies. I never thought of it that way. Like I literally never included the squibs in the 
prejudice. I didn't think about it until later on in the chapter. They, I believe they actually said who would have something against squibs and, and mudbloods? Who would want all the squibs and, and mudbloods gone? I mean, I understand that they're probably like seen as like an embarrassment that, you know, you had a child that didn't have magic. People probably don't like to talk about it kind of thing, but I just never, like in later books, when they're talking about the Death Eaters and their prejudice and the pure blood families, and mm -hmm. scopes don't really come up, so I just never really included that. Yeah, I mean, I think you gotta kind of assume though <clears throat> that when you have somebody like in the in in our world, if you have somebody that's racist, they usually don't just hate one group of people. They hate anybody that's different that from them. That doesn't fit in their box. Exactly. So I mean, it could be somebody. You know who hates you know many different nationalities or many different uh, ethnicities. It, it might not just be you know one group of people that they hate. They just kind of hate anybody that's different from them. So I think you know you could put squibs in there uh, with the mudbloods. Perhaps the squid population is so small right. that it doesn't like weren't talking about. They're not the big enemy. They're not the big concern. Sure. So maybe they're just not mentioned as much. But yeah, I could see where they would hate. And obviously they hate anything that's different. So we didn't know at, at, the, at that point in the chapter we didn't know why the writing would correspond to Harry being anti-squib until later when we kind of find out a little bit more. And I thought that was really, like I said, brilliant the way it was presented early on in the chapter, because I always read it once and then I go back and read it again and do my notes. So I get a chance to, it's like kind of like when you have a movie that has a twist ending. And then if you go back and watch that movie again, you can pick up. The hints. You're right, you're like, oh, it was right in front of me. How did I not know this, you know, the whole time? And it really, it they really makes sense. They spelled it out for me, I just didn't put it together. So I, another kind of interesting part here that's taking place in, in Gilderoy Lockhart's office is that Snape for a second seemed like he wanted to help Harry, Ron, and Hermione before things, before just the same old Snape comes oh, out. yeah. He kind of... He kind of fooled me too. I was like, oh, I didn't know he stuck up for it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> because, because Snape kind of says that, you know, it seems like a case of wrong place at the wrong time. But he quickly changes his tune and says... Now, having uh, the fact that you were in this place at this time, why weren't you at the feast? Oh, you were at a death day party? Well, why didn't you come after the death day party was over? Oh, you because you were tired and you wanted to go, or because you were full? Oh, but I thought at the death day party they didn't have food that uh, regular people would want to eat. He's, it, it seems like he kind of lured him in with with a false sense of comfort and now he's ready to strike. <laughs> well, I think he I think he believed that they couldn't possibly be involved and it is the case wrong case of wrong place wrong time. Mm -hmm. But he also just assumed well they would have to have been up to something mm -hmm. if they weren't with. And this is your chance, your big chance to be completely cleared of this crime if you admit to your other crime mm -hmm. that I'm sure you were doing. Sure. So I think he was trying to uh, trick them into confessing something that they didn't know, and then they could get in trouble for real. 
So my my question to you would be, why was Harry so reluctant to just tell what really happened about the crazy voices that that he was hearing and chasing after? Because I know you're kind of giving me a look right now, like, oh, why doesn't he? Oh, why didn't if he just you, tell them that he had voices? Hear if you voices could in hear head? voices in your head, would you go around telling? Literally, yes. Less than a year ago, <laughs> we had a reincarnated evil wizard living on the back of the head of one of the professors, and we had a death duel in the basement. <laughs> why would this be the most unbelievable thing? Harry. <laughs> is different enough as it is he's treated differently he's seen differently he just wants to be there and blend in and go to magic school everyone just wants to go to magic school don't we all just want to go to magic school I just want to go to magic school and these weird things keep happening and he's famous and it's all just very strange and he doesn't really know the, the parameters of what's normal and abnormal in the wizarding world you know, when he first walked in, the portrait started moving and talking to himself, talking to him. He was like, hmm, that's not normal. And everybody else was like, yeah, it's fine. I'd be calling out everything if I was there. I'd be like, that portrait moved. That portrait looked at me. <laughs> and they'd be like, yes, Daniel, we know. I'm like, Shut okay, up. that tree beat me up. That tree beat up my car. <laughs> Why do you have a car? I have a flying car. You should not have a flying I'm hearing, car. I'm hearing voices saying they want to kill me. There's an ev- that guy has an evil wizard on the back of his head. <laughs> Especially, maybe if it was just Dumbledore in the room. He might have said something. But you've got Snape sitting there trying to spring traps. And you got Lockhart, who he already doesn't trust and doesn't want. He's a big blabbermouth. You mm. know, if he told Lockhart, I'm hearing voices, the whole school would know. But Lockhart would undoubtedly have some kind of defense for that. Uh, undoubtedly. And he'd have to hear all about he, it. He, he doesn't want to hear all like about it. He fought like the the aborigine werewolves in Tanzania <laughs> uh, seven years ago and saved the village queen from, from, from the spider monkeys that were putting the voices in her head by giving them amulets. <laughs> You could read about it in his autobiography. Yes. Or something like that. In one of the books. I love I'm to, sure it's in there. whenever, every time Lockhart was explaining that, oh, I could whip up this and I can do this. And there was this one time where I saved this person. All of the portraits are nodding along. Like, yes, 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 he mm-hmm, sure did. Mm-hmm. He sure did do that. Exactly. I thought that I thought that was really cute, too. So Snape. You got a thing for Lockhart's office. I do. I th- <laughs> I have pictures of myself with hair curlers just hanging up in my office at school. Snape segues into the fact that maybe Harry's hiding something, and maybe we should kick him off the Quidditch team until he stops lying. So seems very convenient for the other Quidditch teams. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So is Snape, do you think there's any way that Snape is kind of aware of what's going on with Harry. Maybe Snape is kind of aware of like the the voices, or because he that maybe the the maybe Snape's heard him too, or maybe Snape. If anybody would be familiar with the Chamber of Secrets, you would think it might be head of Slytherin House, as we'll find out later on. Or do you think he's just using Harry's lack of a decent alibi? as a way of both hurting Harry and maybe helping the Slytherin Quidditch team at the same time. 
Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's that one. He, like I said, he's trying to get him to confess to whatever he was up to. And yeah, I'm trying to hurt the Quidditch team. Kill you two know, birds with one stone. He's, he's got this new seeker and they've got new brooms. He's like, we got a chance this year. I'm going to take the, the the Quidditch pitch away from everybody so that, because my team needs to practice, needs to break in their new seeker. He's, he's already pulling out all the stops for his team. Why not get Harry kicked off? So the other elephant in the room here is the fact that now the whole student body wants to know what is this chamber of secrets that was written in this ominous ominous message in the writing on the wall and hermione when in doubt go to the library but apparently a lot of other students had that same thought because the only book that apparently has anything about the chamber of secrets is hogwarts a history that book has a lot of good info in it and hermione has a copy of that but she couldn't bring it because she had to bring all Lockhart's books and she didn't have any room and there's like a two-week waiting list for that book or something like that I think they said Jess is a big library person you know all about yeah, waiting lists and, list. and the frustration that that comes along with there um did you know like I told you the other day we were trying to get the Harry Potter uh, audiobook so we could listen to it at work and they were all on on hold you had to put a hold on them and it had like, I don't even remember. I think they had like 24 copies of Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. And there were 79 holds per copy. <laughs> I'm like, what? There are that many people in the St. Louis County area wanting, waiting to listen to the Harry Potter audiobook That's insane. at this time. That's and insane. I looked at the St. Charles County Library one have an account there that's not illegal oh we can't say that on the air oh no it, but the um, actions of jessica rhino do not reflect the opinions of broomsticks and butterbeer i'm sorry i break the law to read library books how dare you <laughs> anyway um the, the st charles county library did not have as many uh copies so their wait list was even longer so these, there's like 79 holds per copy and there's 24 copies. So it's like 80 holds per copy and about 20 copies. So that's like 1,600, 1600 people that are trying to get get access Just to the audio book. the audiobook. They have the ebook too. And then I know they have like hard copies at the library, but mm -hmm. there's that many people that's are insane. waiting to- For a book that came out 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well. People love Harry Potter. Yeah. And, pe yeah. and people love uh, to hear other people talk about Harry Potter. That's why they check out Broomsticks and Butterbeer and shoot us emails at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And we're going to read one of those cool emails at the very end here Ooh. that I think you're going to really enjoy. So they try a different approach. Hey, if it's a history question, let's ask the history teacher. <laughs> thought that was rather clever of her. Professor Binns, the only ghost teacher at Hogwarts. And I love how they say that, I guess he used to be a, when he was alive, he was a professor there. Mm -hmm. And then he just kind of died and just like, okay, well, now I'm a ghost now. I got, I got a class at three o'clock, so, <laughs> so I better go. Well, it wasn't even like he, like he became a ghost because he had to go teach the class. Mm -hmm. You have the option. So he was just like, nope, can't pass on. Can't go I to got, the afterlife. I got a class to teach. <laughs> we got to finish the semester up. 
and and the class, the history class is normally very boring. Normally just drunk, you know, drowning on on about dates and facts and figures and history. And history class, if taught the wrong way, can be that. Have you ever had an experience, a history class experience that that oh, yeah. you didn't enjoy? Oh yeah, in uh, seventh and eighth grade, because mm-hmm. you know I went to private school and seventh and eighth grade was combined. So it's one class, but um, yeah, our our teacher who taught history was the same teacher for all of our classes, but he was particularly boring for history. And we always we we found figured out that if you got him talking about something else, mm-hmm. then you could get out of history. Like he was from Chicago, and he just had some trigger topics that mm-hmm. if you could in some way relate it to one of these trigger topics you could get him to talk about other things. Interesting. And so we, you know, it's like that episode of The Office where they're all trying to get Phyllis to say her, <laughs> her lines and people are just like waiting for the opportunity to, to trigger it. On a rainy day like this, <clears throat> is there just like something you want to just do instead of coming to work? <laughs> trying to get her to say she just wants to curl up with a good, good book. Yeah. <laughs> get away from work. <clears throat> and that's the only one they couldn't get her to say because she said... Normally, I'd want to go home and curl up with a good book, but everybody's being so nice and interested in me today. <laughs> I just want to be here. Absolutely. I, I kind of was the same way when I taught fourth grade. When you would do like Revolutionary War, you know, you could just give facts and figures, and it happened on this date, and this side won, and this many people died. But instead, we went to the gym and played Revolutionary War dodgeball. There you go. <laughs> and Revolutionary War tug of war and things like that 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 made history fun and something and if you teach it in that way that's something that they'll never forget if you teach it like the way bins normally teaches they're just going to remember it for a test and then they're going to delete that those facts for their brains and put other things in their place they're going to go to sleep and sleep through the entire class or daydream or doodle during the entire class and then cram for the test and mm-hmm. try and remember the facts and figures. That's They're getting you, nothing that, out of the that's class. That's how you do it. That's I mean, <laughs> the majority of the classes we've taken in grade school, middle school, high school, college function that way because it was just presented as facts and figures and you need to know this. Okay, well, I'll cram for it the night before the test. I will pass the test and then I will immediately forget it. And unfortunately, that's just how a lot of teachers kind of get into that. They kind of get into that mode and they get stuck in that. And they they don't try to make it fun or make it interesting to make it lasting learning. But Daniel, aren't the test scores the only thing that matters? Seemingly. Shout out uh, or just taking, <laughs> getting all political here on Broomsticks and Butterbeer, talking about the current state of education. You can listen to Jess's... Uh, political educational thoughts on her own podcast. What's that called? It, it doesn't exist. It's called uh, School's Out with <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Rhino. Out. And you can find that on uh, wherever you find um, all your podcasts. Don't listen to him. Jennifer, in particular, you, you can't trust this. Jennifer's already subscribed to it. <laughs> I guess you're going to have to make it now. Oh, no. <laughs> you got one subscriber. He's got five stars. Can't wait for it. Can't wait to hear it. She, she really believes what you say. Oh. I nice. know. That's good. 
Sweet Donald's really a subscribe uh, a sponsor? Yeah. No. Actually, yeah, they're uh, no. got uh, got my little uh, dollar drink right here. Uh, your local McDonald's, you can get uh, any large soft drink for one dollar. That's uh, McDonald's. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. So shout out to McDonald's. And uh, I got my free frozen Coke. Thanks to the, the Cardinals. Show. So uh, anytime the Cardinals hit a home run, download that McDonald's app and you can get a free large frozen Coke or large fry the day after the Cardinals get a home run. That's McDonald's. I'm loving it. Only in the St. Louis area. Only only in select stores and available markets. Yes. Quantities may be limited. If, depends on if the machine's working. Yeah. <laughs> or if the people like you enough to actually respond to your your mobile order or if you just sit there and wait yeah so hermione uses a little charm we've seen her use this before she uses a little personal charm here to kind of get what she wants we've seen her be a little manipulative and we've we've called her out on it we've talked about it in the past haven't we yes but you say manipulative i say that's just, just being a girl i'm just calling a spade a spade that's just how life works for girls. <laughs> for cute girls. You can... Well, at this point, Hermione is not cute. Mm. But, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you just turn on the little sweet girl voice, you can usually get what you want. Hermione uses a little bit of that charm to get Professor Benz to talk about the Chamber of Secrets, even though he doesn't want to. And the reason he doesn't want to is... He says that I'm a history teacher. I'm here for facts and things that that's happened, not myths and legends and hearsay, which is what he says the Chamber of Secrets is. It's not real. It's it's all a myth. It's all just stories that have been handed down and there's no truth to it. But Hermione kind of pulls at the right thread when she says, well, aren't all myths and legends steeped in fact in in some way and and ben's really kind of sees a kindred spirit in in her at least with the or he thinks with yeah with the act that she's putting on there and he kind of he takes the bait and he tell ends up telling the students the story of the chamber of secrets so jessica can you give us the cliff notes version of the history of the chamber of secrets well daniel as we all know, uh-huh. Hogwarts was find, founded by four of the greatest witches and wizards of the time. Right. And they each kind of, as people do, have their own opinions about how thing, the school should have been run. One of the founding members, Slytherin. Salazar Slytherin. Salazar Slytherin. He um, thought they should be more exclusive. And he didn't want the mudbloods. In, and it should only be, you know, the country club of wizarding schools. It should mm-hmm. only be the, the best of the best. And those four, they <clears throat> they built. They, they built the school. It, make, it makes it sound like they built it like brick by brick. <laughs> every little nook, every little room, every little cranny, everything, right? Yeah, and it sounds like it was a lot of like, <laughs> a lot of likes. Um, poor hands building the same thing so it wasn't a lot of organization to it four hands they each only they did it with no. one hand behind their back well, the other that's one even had, more impressive the other one had their wand in it ah so like you know too many cooks in the kitchen type deal so they would have had two wands they could have built it twice as fast that's not how it works okay well i don't understand magic then 
That's why you're reading the book. Yep. You're getting there. Thanks. So yeah, it kind of sounds like people were doing things behind each other's backs. Maybe not intentionally, but they're busy with their own things. And the legend is that uh, Salazar Slytherin built this secret chamber mm -hmm. and put a monster in it. And I guess this had to have been more towards when they were falling out. Sure. Sounds like the school didn't really get going. I mean, because they, they started having this falling out while they were still in, under construction. Mm -hmm. Maybe they built parts of it and then were adding on additions, making it bigger. I'm not sure. We don't get that much info information. But we do know from the story or the legend that uh, there was falling out. And so he put this monster in the chamber with the promise that he would come back or his heir would come back and unleash it to get his revenge, to wreak havoc on the school and get rid of all the mudbloods. Yeah, specifically to all the, the non-worthies, you know, the unsavories. So maybe the school wasn't open yet and he's like, well, when my kid comes to school here mm -hmm. and you're all up and running and full of kids, then we'll let the beast loose. So that's where the enemies of the air beware. The air being the true rightful family heir of Salazar Slytherin will one day come back and open up this chamber and wreak havoc on all, presumably all the mudbloods and the squibs and anybody who is not pure-blooded 100% wizard, right? Yes. So that's, you know, that's the story. And the story makes you believe that the perpetrator wants all the squibs and the you know the mudbloods taken out and that kind of harkens back to what filch said earlier that's why i thought there was the you know the synergy between the beginning of the chapter and what filch was saying and then what bins was saying you know kind of toward the end of the chapter when he was telling the story bins however says that they've searched and searched many times the greatest wizards in the world, wizards and witches in the world have searched and searched, and this chamber does not exist. It's nowhere on the premises, it's nowhere on the Hogwarts grounds. But for the first time, the students are suddenly engaged <laughs> in Binz's class because he's telling them something that is interesting. He's yeah, and he's that they want to know. And he's you know given or he's shown himself to be a pretty good storyteller when he wants to be when he's not just you know throwing out remember this fact remember this date remember this battle remember this trial well that too and if he's been teaching the same class for so long it's boring to him mm -hmm. you see a lot a lot of that with teachers you know and just the as of recording this this is, this is my 16th year in education i was just talking to a, a fellow teacher the other day about how you kind of need to, you need to change every once in a while. You know, if you teach the same thing at the same school in the same room every year, you kind of get into a rut. And and you you, the thing about kids are is that they don't learn the way they did 15 years ago. They definitely don't learn the way they did 25 years ago. And they definitely don't learn, you know, however long Ben's the Ghost has been <laughs> teaching at this school. Education adapts. And whether whether for for good or bad, education adapts. And you know I've you know changed things up. I've 
you know, went from fourth grade and then I went to PE and then I went to library and then I went to another new school and another new school and I and I try different things and see see what works. And sometimes you throw something against the wall and it sticks and sometimes it slides right off and you try something else. But this is something new. He's probably a little bit more animated because he's kind of out of his comfort zone, if that makes sense. Off his script. Right. I was just thinking, he's like, he's saying the same, it's like a recording, he's saying the same mm-hmm. things over and over again, but this is new, like you said, new information. So he's not going by the script. Mm-hmm. And the students want to know more. And they've got all these theories about, well, maybe all these wizards and witches couldn't find the room because only the Slytherin heir can find the chamber. Not only open the chamber, but even lo- locate yeah. where the chamber would be, let alone open it. And then the other consequence to this information that they find out in Ben's class, and and Ben's kind of immediately regrets it because he can't get his class back on track after this. It's like he's opened this can of worms and and now the, the students are so focused on this fairy tale that they can't get back to the real reason that they're supposed to be there. A lot of students, the other consequence I was going to say is that a lot of students are avoiding Harry now. And why would that be? Um, well, a lot of, somebody probably, I think, started a rumor, but some people think that it's Harry that mm-hmm. is the heir. Why exactly? And we're not real sure other than he was caught right. there. But And Filch thinks it was him. Yeah. And a lot of, to- a lot of the, probably the more... Uh, easily influenced students, you know, probably are agreeing with Filch. And Harry does have this aura about him coming into it, about the Chosen One and some kind of connection to Dumbledore. Or not not Dumbledore, but Voldemort. I was like, who's the bad guy in this story? (laughs) Yeah, but that part doesn't make sense to me because he's the one who got rid of the Dark Lord so that he was famous and everybody loved him and it was great and now they're taking this big swing and I know we do this fairly often but they're taking this big swing till he's a bad guy and I guess you could say oh well he got rid of Voldemort so he's going to be the next Mm -hmm. or maybe Voldemort didn't kill him because (laughs) he was he wanted to use him later on yeah, but at this point, it, most people still believe he's gone, I think. Yeah, but, you know, there's, you know, we're dealing with, you know, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids <laughs> With here imaginations, too. yes. And Harry, being as, you know, this legend already, seems like he could be a, a likely candidate. Especially if you got somebody with the influence like Draco Malfoy, who may be who's always kind of planting seeds about how Harry's this bad guy and I'm the one that you should want to hang around. I'm the one who's the normal one, the cool one. I'm, you know, not like that Harry Potter who doesn't even, didn't even grow up knowing about magic or his, you know, mudblood friend or his, you know, they always talk about how we, how the Weasleys are lesser than people because of their financial situation you know, Draco is a guy that has a lot of influence, and and Harry does get in trouble a lot, whether it's for the right <laughs> for the right reasons. He does seem to get a lot Always of detentions and 
get get a lot of points taken away from his house and things like that. So I could see how a, a you know a preteen or an early teenager would be very influenced by that and maybe think that he's the bad guy here, especially mm-hmm. after hearing the story. Because if the chamber is open, according to the writing, and the heir of Slytherin is the only one that can do it, that means they have to be here somewhere. It could very possibly be Harry, according to uh, the theories that you know some of the other students are having. And Harry's kind of gets a little unsure about himself too, doesn't he? You're giving me this look like you don't know what I'm talking about. Harry's the only one who remembers the sorting hat debacle and the conversation he had with the sorting hat about how the sorting hat almost put him into Slytherin. Nobody else knows about that. Mm. And I I kind of assumed that that conversation that Harry and the sorting hat had was audible for everybody. But in this chapter, it makes it seem like the sorting hat kind of whispered in his ear and Harry kind of mumbled under his breath, not Slytherin, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Harry's starting to feel kind of unsure about himself, too. You know, am, could that could that be, you know, possible that I am, you know, the, the guy that they're talking about? I did almost get put in Slytherin, and I kind of talked the sorting hat out of it. So Harry's having a little bit of insecurities here in this chapter as well. And the trio kind of comes up with, well, let's think... Who hates squibs? Who hates mudbloods? Who's just an awful person? Who happens to also be a Sly- in Slytherin House? Mm-hmm. Could it possibly be the Slytherin? Who could also possibly be the Slytherin heir? And of course, the most evil person they can come up with, the person who got the most excited, <laughs> is Draco. Absolutely. So. They said that Draco's probably in the Slytherin common room right now bragging about it to everybody. So we need to get information from Draco. We need to know what Draco knows. But Draco's not going to tell Harry, Ron, and Hermione. He hates them. But they've got a plan, Jessica. Oh, no. We need to sneak into the Slytherin common room. We need to ask Malfoy questions without him realizing that it's us. This seems perfectly reasonable. Now, how could we get into the common room, talk to Malfoy, and ask him questions with him not knowing that it's us and thinking that it's maybe one of his compatriots in Slytherin? We need Polyjuice Potion. Yes, this is where Hermione introduces the boys to Polyjuice Potion. It's kind of funny that she's come so far because Mm -hmm. this is her crazy idea Mm -hmm. that breaks all the rules and they're going to try and pull this off. And what does does Polyjuice Potion do? Um, It transforms you into somebody else. Mm -hmm. So do you have to say who you want to look like or whoever before you drink the potion? Or do you have to imagine who you want to be? The potion itself has to have Mm. something from the other person. Gotcha. A a, part of them. I think they use hair. but Gross. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, nah, I don't think I want to do it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think I could drink hair. I'd probably gag. 
throw well, it up. Well, the potion itself is pretty, supposedly pretty nasty too. So like, the hair is the least of your concern. And that's not our only concern because not only do we have to drink this potion, hope that it works, and Ron's, I think Ron's thing that's holding him back, his reservation is he doesn't want to get stuck as a as one of this other person forever stuck looking like this person forever to make it we need the recipe and the recipe is in a book in the restricted section yes so she knows about this potion and well everybody would know about it if you were paying attention in snape's potions class yeah and um but we don't actually have access to it so we got to go into the restricted restricted section but in order to get there We've tried to go into the restricted section before with an invisibility cloak. Didn't work out so well (laughs) with the screaming book. We need a professor's permission. Now, I just, this just all seemed brilliant to me when I thought that who would be gullible enough to write these kids a, you know, permission note to go into the restricted section? Who could they... Who could Hermione kind of use her charming skills on that she's used before? Not to mention she wants to talk to this person. It's got it's got to be Lockhart, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be. Yeah. Like I didn't even read the next chapter, and I'm just thinking, oh, they're gonna get him. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna just they're gonna talk him into bamboozled. It. They're yeah, they're gonna they're gonna find some way in order to get him to to write this note. And from your response there, I'm guessing that that is correct. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see how they kind of manipulate uh, Gilderoy Lockhart there in the next chapter. And that was the end of the chapter there. So uh, we left out the bathroom. Yeah, I kind of it because it didn't really. We can talk about it, but it didn't really like add to the story at all. Um, if you leave her out, she'll just gonna cry more. Okay, so sorry, Myrtle, Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> Who popped up at the death day party and then was bullied by Peeves, I think, mm-hmm. into leaving. We go into the bathroom that Myrtle apparently lives in, that nobody else goes in. It's all it's all uh, downtrodden and not taken very well care of because I'm guessing because nobody wants to go in there. Yeah, nobody wants to go in there because she's in there. Well, they went back to the hallway to look for clues. Right. And they found the spiders and we find out about Ron's. Aversion, strong aversion to spiders. Same as like Indiana Jones has for snakes. Yes, it's his his spiders. Um, And then we remember, the kids remember that there was water on the floor. Mm -hmm. And they turn around and lo and behold, there's the bathroom door. So Mm -hmm. let's go in and question question, Myrtle, see if she 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 knows anything. anything. And, you know, she's not the easiest to talk to. Everything is drama with her. And everybody's was, out to get her. There was a really dark thing that she said that I think it, I think she said that after Peeves bullied her at the death day party. Oh, yeah, she wanted to she go, wanted to kill, go herself, kill herself. But, but she, she forgot couldn't. she was already dead. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah, that's pretty dark <laughs> that's for a kid's book. super dark. And we haven't even got to, like, book four or five yet. Yeah. <laughs> where things start getting really dark. <laughs> I don't think that would have um, passed <laughs> nowadays, but I guess back then they're like, "Oh yeah, ha-ha, oh my this, goodness, it's so funny." This ghost wants to kill herself, but she can't because she she's dead. Chuckle, chuckle. Oh, I'll go. I, I guess I'll just go. You know, take a dive into this toilet and 
shit toilet water on 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 top yeah. of everybody. Yeah. Weird stuff. Very weird stuff. I love how you go into at if you ever been to the Universal Studios Harry Potter world, they go into the bathroom. It was you, the best. And you can hear Moni Myrtle. <laughs> they yeah. got it on a loop in the bathroom. That's like, amazing. Every little that detail noise? of that place. And you know, because it's loud in there, there's lots of people and family and mm-hmm. stuff. But just like, you just get quiet enough for a second, you could hear it, and you're like, "What is that? <gasps> That's Morning Myrtle! Mm-hmm. Oh my God, she's in there crying!" Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Every little detail of that place. We got to go back. Yes, let's go. We got to go back. Let's go right now. Okay. But before oh, we go, yeah, it's cool tomorrow. Uh, would you rather go first to day. That's first or, day? I don't think you're allowed uh, to miss the first day. Uh, I think it's in the rules. I think a lot of kids are going to miss because their parents are going to forget that school started. Mm. <laughs> Happens all the time. Are the, it, it, honestly, it happens all the time where kids don't show up till like the second week because they didn't know that school started, and the parents <coughs> happen to not check, check realize. or no, or why try are they not to counting find out? down the days to get to back I would to school. Be. be like, okay, you guys gotta go. You get the boot out yeah. the door. Here's your lunch. Here's your book bag. There's the bus. See you at like, four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we get out of here, though, we've got a really good email. And I went. I did some research on this. To, I to did get, not. So you can you can kind of you know uh, piggyback. Yeah, you can piggyback, and you can tell me why I'm wrong or why you don't don't like my ideas. But this email comes from Amy Tolliver in Billings, Montana. Mm-hmm. And Amy writes, with everything in Hollywood being rebooted and reimagined, who would you cast in the inevitable Harry Potter remakes? Okay, so you told me this question earlier so I could think about it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I immediately started overthinking it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, it would be a while before they start doing that. And then I wouldn't know any of the actors, and it all have to be young actors, so I obviously don't even know them yet. And I just, you know, spiraled. But you said pretend that they're doing it like now. Yeah, they're casting right now. <laughs> you stopped that issue. Yeah, you were going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, but then I found a different rabbit hole, and I'm like, well, if they're doing it right now, there's, you know, this trend so for, um, you know, diversity mm-hmm. and inclusion. So mm-hmm. we they probably mix it all up. Harry might be a girl. I thought about that, too. In, this, in the new remake. And, and, the, and, like, flip all the genders, and then we got to get all of the... I almost casted a girl as Harry Potter, but I did it specifically. I didn't do that specifically because I didn't want to do what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm, I love diversity, and I love the fact that that we're seeing it more in books and in movies and in, in TV shows, you know, some of the, you know, opportunities for minority actors and actresses they didn't have 10 years ago. And now they're, they're headlining like uh, the black Panther movie ends up being like, it's going to end up being a top three movie of all time. And that is almost a, almost strictly an African-American cast mm-hmm. which is that's amazing that's fantastic how many years ago were they they were boycotting the award ceremonies right. because mm-hmm. there were none not no african americans nominated mm-hmm. and everything and now we've got this movie like you said is one of the top movies of all time mm-hmm. and you've got you've got caucasian children dressing up as black panther for halloween which i think <laughs> is amazing mm-hmm. i think that's amazing i think that's something you would not have seen when we were kids and that's great However, I don't like that when they do it just for the sake of, like, they feel like they they have to do it. 
You shouldn't, you should do it because you think this person's going to do the best job. You shouldn't do it just because you want to look like, it's almost like you're doing it for, for the wrong reasons. You know, um, you, you've been talking about how with the, the, the books that you're writing right now, that all these publishing companies, that's like the main thing they want, or one of the main things they want. They want, you know, diversity in everything. You yes. know, by and so you, know, you feel like when you're just although I'm in a couple of writing groups, everybody feels this way that they have to cram as much as mm-hmm. of, it, of it as they can. Mm-hmm. You have to be you have literally have to include everything, and then it becomes like a checklist, right? And then and that's wrong. People don't like that's, that either. No, no, um, it's too formulaic. Uh, Sarah Moss, mm-hmm. she um, got got some feedback, or backlash, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, because she didn't have a whole lot of diversity in her books mm-hmm. or um, like diversity uh, for sexual orientation for mm-hmm. her characters and stuff. And it just doesn't fit in her. Like all of her world is pretty much set in one location. Mm-hmm. And okay, that location happens to be white people. Mm-hmm. There are people from the South that, and there was one main character who came up and was like, like a foreign exchange student type deal. She came up, not mm. just trying not to be spoilery. And uh, she was written as a, having dark, darker skin. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very clear, but, um, but in the society they're in right now, it's like a conquered nation thing. There's not a whole lot of, nobody really wants to go there. You conquered us, you, mm-hmm. you know, enslaved our people and burned our, towns why would we want to come visit yeah we're gonna stay down Just here like on holiday as yeah. far away from you as possible yes you're a king yeah we bow to you but we're gonna stay over they got good here. restaurants there <laughs> it doesn't make sense for them to be traveling it just doesn't but now in some of the later books it's just like an offhanded comment uh especially with the sexual orientation mm-hmm. a character that we've known for three or four books they're like Oh yeah, and he also likes guys sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then we move on, and I'm like, you're just throwing you're it just in throwing there in the, yeah. to check off mm-hmm. the, the list. Yep. And it's not a main character, and mm-hmm. that's the point. They want representation. They want mm-hmm. people of different ethnicities and sexual mm-hmm. orientations to to see themselves in the book. Mm-hmm. But seeing themselves mentioned as a in, minor in, in minor passing, character yeah. in passing, that's yeah. not no. Representation. What's the point of that? There's no. There's no point there's a, to it. There's a lot of it. There was like one of her books where like three or four characters was like, oh yeah, and this mm-hmm. person likes the person, people of the same sex, because it was some were girls and some were guys. But I'm just like, you know, this doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it. I almost. I almost. We're you know, way off topic. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. I almost uh, cast a, a female there, but, you know, just to kind of, I don't know, just be. Just to kind of go, it's almost like you're expected to do that now. It's mm-hmm. almost like you're expected to, you know, cast, uh, you know, the the opposite. Like the new Doctor Who is a woman. Oh my goodness, the uproar <laughs> online. <laughs> oh no. Could you imagine if it was an African American woman? Like the internet would have exploded. <laughs> and uh, the baby steps, guys. Baby there, steps. As of when we're uh, recording this in 2018. They're uh, currently casting for a new James Bond. And kind of the favorite right now is Idris Elba, who uh, is an African-American actor. He played, um, 
Oh, who is Thor's friend in uh, in the Thor movies? Who you know controls uh, the the bridge? Bifrost. Yes. Um, it's uh, John Stark's name. <laughs> I'm Heimdall. Heimdall, good job. Like, I guess I know the dog's name. Sorry. Good job. Ten <laughs> points for Ravenclaw. Nice job. The guy that plays Heimdall. Uh, he was also in the Stephen King Dark Tower movies. He was also kind of the jerk boss on The Office that got on Jim for wearing the tuxedo. No, I don't like him. <laughs> That's just because of The Office. I don't like him. There's, there's talk about him being James Bond, which, you know, a lot of people are not going to like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and But then a lot of people are going to say, well, we have to do something you know, different. As long as he's not a woman, she, he can't be a woman. Uh, you know, you're just never gonna make everybody happy. It's just, you know. And we're getting, we're this is this will all be, we'll Even go we'll go into topic. this we'll go into this more on on Jess's political Rhino uh, political review. Oh, okay. Show. Well, so we'll table that. Um, yeah. So, like I said, my first instinct was, oh, diversity. I gotta flip it up. And I thought, okay, what if Harry was a girl? And then I just thought of like the youngest actress I can think of, which of course, uh, the little the girl who played Zoo in uh, Darkest Minds was the first person that popped in my head. Okay. So then I and then I'm checking two boxes. She's a girl. She's and she's Asian. Asian. Yeah. Um, but then I started thinking about. It, I'm like, God, that would change. I mean, I don't know how much that would end up changing the story mm-hmm. because there was a lot that. Harry and Ron got into because of typical boy antics, mm-hmm. and they don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible. They could take to it, do like, it, but you know, I'm keep just, the story fresh, though, yeah, because it they would could make get a lot into of different, changes, though. get into different, <clears throat> you know, trouble. The other issue here, Amy, I'm sorry, is I don't do actor names. Oh, I, I got it all figured out here. I I'm going I'm gonna give you other characters. No clue that played what here. people's names are. That's why I'm like the girl who played Zoo on The Darkest Minds. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who you're talking and about. Then, yeah. I don't know who that actress's name is. I don't is know her either. name either, but Alright, so I'm gonna start off with and if you wanna jump in if like an idea pops in your head or if, if I'm like totally wrong or if, or if that sounds good, just anything, just just pop okay. right in. Um, my first one is Dumbledore and this one's an easy one for me. Oh, yeah. I went with Sir Ian McKellen, who also played Gandalf, who kind of looks like Dumbledore <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, and also played Magneto in the X-Men movies. Uh, he is a he is knighted by the Queen, so you know he's got the acting chops. And he's already been in a lot of these fandom movies, so I think he would be able to to slide right in there and do a great job with, and, and with Dumbledore. And you know he can rock the, the hair and the beard. Absolutely. And so. that's that's the two of the most important things right there. And he's got that great voice. Mm-hmm. He can be very, he's very commanding. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and, he's and he's got, sounds smart. And he's got wizard, no, he sounds really he's smart. He's got wizarding experience. Yes, that's important. And he rode those rabbits in, in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So, any uh, thoughts on that? We good on Yo, yeah, Ian McKellen? That's kind of a must. Unless you're trying to mix things up, then you got to go with a female Dumbledore. <laughs> got to mix it up. Yeah. Uh, for McGonagall, I went with Kate Blanchett. She is, let's see, who would you know her from? She was Thor's sister in Thor Ragnarok. She so was death. Hela. Uh, she was also the wicked stepmother in the Cinderella remake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's not as old as the actress that that played 
uh, McGonagall in the in the original movies, but I think that we can give her a little bit of makeup and, and she'll be fine that. there. For Hagrid, it's Hugh Jackman, right? What? <laughs> it's Hugh Jackman. I was just thinking I need of some explanation. I was just thinking of big hairy guys. Uh-huh. And it's got it's Hugh Jackman. He's Hagrid. That's perfect. That's perfect casting to me. Come on. Come on. Give it to me. I mean, I know he could do it. Of course he could do it. I just don't know that I could do it. <laughs> Hugh, man. <laughs> I just can't handle you as Hagrid. Oh, he'd be perfect. No. He'd be perfect. For Snape, I kind of went with, I was just thinking of like creepy actors. And the first one that popped into my head was Christopher Walken. You know who Christopher Walken is? Whoa. Uh, Harry, I uh, think that maybe you should not be in the hallway right now. No, no, no. <laughs> Snape cannot have that voice. I'm thinking you should go back to the common room. Whoa. No. I veto that. Crazy. He's a creepy dude. He really is creepy. Yeah, but his voice sounds too weird. Ah, uh, he can act. Come on. <laughs> give it give it to me. For, uh, you're going to love my last one. No peeking at my list. Mm. For Hermione, I know you you didn't watch, you didn't watch much of Stranger Things, did you? You watched like a couple episodes with me and yeah. kind of gave out. The girl in Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, she's also going to be in the new Godzilla movie. She's kind of like the the hot young, um, not like hot as in like she's attractive because she's like 14. So, I mean, like her career is like on ah, like, the hot track career. right now. Uh, she would be, I think, perfect for Hermione. And the, the, the thing about the, the Stranger Things crew is the fact that mostly most of the time I... I'm very turned off by kid actors. I just don't think they're very good, <laughs> the majority of them. So when I watch something and it has a kid actor in it that doesn't make me want to change the channel, I'm thinking, man, this kid's good. <laughs> and she's one that, that I think is is really good. And I, went, I also went to the Stranger Things crew for my Harry. And uh, the, the kid's name, I had to look up his name. His kid's name was Finn Wolfhard. And he was in Stranger Things, and he's also one of the boys in the remake of It, who's, if, if you've seen either one of those, he's really good, and he doesn't make me want to turn off what I'm watching. So that's my Harry. My Ron is uh, Julian Dennison. He was the kid in Deadpool 2, who, like the mutant that had the, the powers. Yeah, he's, he's a heavy set kid. We're going for diversity here. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but I think that uh, I think he could kind of be like uh, the bumbling Ron, you know, buddy with with uh, with Harry. I think that I think that would be cool. Uh, I needed a young, creepy kid for Draco. Mm -hmm. So I went with young Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kid's name is Ian Armitage. He's kind of like the like a hot actor right now too. Everybody's thinking like, oh, he's so good. I know you and I won't even give that show a chance because we just have no interest in it. We yeah. like The Big Bang Theory, but we just really have no interest in seeing, you know, the the young Sheldon show. But I think that kid is could be super creepy, and mm -hmm. I think he'd be great for that. When you said a young creepy kid, 
I immediately thought of the kid in, um, we've been seeing all the previews for that movie, the Jack Black movie, mm-hmm. with the clock in the walls. Yeah, House with the Clock that in the Walls. That kid, he kind of has that, it's black hair, but he has that slicked back mm-hmm. look, and I was like, hmm, but they could make him look kind of creepy. Gotcha. I don't know if he could act cre- creepy, but... And I didn't cast, like, Voldemort or anything yet, but I did cast Gilderoy Lockhart because ah. we are in we are the in, of... in the midst of Chamber of Secrets. It's Neil Patrick Harris. Aww. <laughs> He's, he, would, wouldn't he be wonderful as Gilderoy Lockhart? <laughs> it's Neil Patrick Harris from... Uh, he's currently doing the Netflix version of Lemony Snicket. He was on. He was Doogie Howser. He was on How I Met Your Mother. He would be perfect. He also writes children's books. He does. He does the magical misfits. Magical misfits. Yeah. So shout out. Go or no, ahead. just magic. Magic misfits. misfits. Yeah. Gotcha. And you met him. I did, and I got his book signed. And he's Gilderoy Lockhart, right? I'll let him know next time I see him. <laughs> Anything you that... should play Gilderoy Lockhart when they remake the Harry Potter books. Yeah. And he's probably like, go, mm, I won't be in it more than that. Just one book, though. Yeah, that's true. He so. would probably want to be, like, Snape or something like that. So he could play dress up. Mm-hmm. I guess you could make Johnny Depp be Snape, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Like, my, so dad, Johnny Depp? my dad always says, Johnny Depp gets to play dress up again. But Johnny Depp's already got a character in the Potter universe. We could be Flitch. As uh, Grindelwald in the... Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic which Beast movies. Which we've been seeing a lot of previews for too. Mm-hmm. Which looks fantastic. I'm, I'm. Oh, see what I did there. It looks fantastic. Aww. Pun intended. I'm really looking forward to that. By the way. So, anything you want to add about uh, some any castings popping in your head? Or are we ready to get out of here? Uh, nothing popped in my head, but I know that uh, some of like Ron and Hermione and Harry, they've. It, the question's been posed to them a lot mm-hmm. in Q and A's that if they remake the movies, oh really? Would you be interested in playing an older character? So like if cool, um, Hermione wanted to be like McGonagall mm-hmm. or something. Yep, I think yep. she could pull that off too. I know she's not that old, but mm-hmm. like you said, yeah, makeup. you can you can use makeup. Yeah. So uh, I think that's gonna do it that's for it. chapter nine. Is it? Chapter nine. Chapter nine. I couldn't go further than that. No, chapter nine. Chapter nine. The writing They're on the wall. They're long chapters. Dan and Jess Rhino, broomsticks and butterbeer. You're traveling through the chamber of secrets with us. We're starting to get into the nitty gritty. We're about halfway through mm-hmm. this book here. Jess has got her Ravenclaw edition of Chamber of Secrets there, which we still need to take a picture of for the Facebook. Oh page. yeah, yeah. We'll put it out on Facebook. So. Good transition there. That's why you're the best in the business. Uh, if you want to give us a shout out or ask a question, you can do that on the Broomsticks and Butterbeer Facebook page. You can also do it at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And if we like your email, we'll read it on the air and give you a little shout out. So uh, throw out some shout outs. Shout out to Kelly, who's now in Manhattan, no longer in Woo-hoo! Brooklyn. She's yep. uh, moving on. Uh, She's surrounded by parks. She She's is. A great spot She's like now. two blocks from Central Park or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's like Riverside Park. There's several parks. She keeps posting pictures online about her, her and Pasha's uh, travels to adventures. Yeah, to Central Park. That's just an awesome. Like you're kind of like in the the mecca metropolis of the of the world, and she's right in the heart of it. So. We'll hopefully get go see her pretty quick. Shout out to Jennifer, who believes everything I say. Yeah. Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> Don't listen to him. 
A shout out to my niece Sophia who couldn't join us this week but joined us last week. Shout out to Amy Tolliver who sent a wonderful email in to us. Uh, shout out to McDonald's for sponsoring Woo. the show uh, via free frozen Coke and uh, large soft drinks. Any any size uh, soft drink for $1 at your local McDonald's. I'm loving it. Um, and I, that's going to do it, right? Yes. We need to get out of here. So for Broomsticks and Butterbeer, I am Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. We'll see you next time. Bye. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it